we are glad that you're here. I want everyone to say, Brother Savala, preach to me. Would you say that? Brother Savala, preach to me. God bless you. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. What a privilege to be here uh, with God's people here in Olathe. Did I say that right? Olathe? Olathe. And uh, it's got an E on it, but we can pronounce it with an A on the end of it. So, uh, And so uh, thank you, Pastor, for clarifying. I am married, and we are happy uh, about being married. This year will be 25 years, uh, but, uh, but uh, right now we're just life. Life happens. And so you take care of those things that are important. And so uh, uh, she's, my wife's a little five-foot Puerto Rican woman. And, uh, and so, man, she's a good little lady I'm thankful for. And I got a daughter that's 22 that's just about an inch taller than my wife. And so they're my little women. And, uh, and uh, not the book. <laughs> I got the real ones. And so uh, anyways, here we is. Thank God for your pastor. And uh, known throughout the world, really, and uh, and uh, I thank God for his his fellowship here. Several, it's been a few years ago. My wife and I was driving, uh, and I was on our way to preach somewhere. And on the way, I wasn't looking for a message. We just wanted to hear something, pre- some preaching. And when you evangelize, you're always talking, and you don't really get a whole lot coming back. So you take it where you can. And and so we got a hold of a of a CD that your pastor had preached. Uh, Faith of Our Fathers, is that the name of it? I believe it was. And uh, man, he got talking about one God. And uh, the revelation of Jesus Christ. My wife come from a Trinity background, and uh, and I have a varied testimony. Anyway, we both almost pulled the car over, van, and got out and started running around. We was having a good, we was having church on the way to church, and uh, and so it was it was a joy. Amen. Well, here we is, and thankful to be here. There have been several miracles over the last several revivals while I was preaching. I'm very thankful to report that. Uh, At least, I don't know, four or five cases of insomnia while I was preaching, just just like that, people. And uh, so if that happens here today, we're just going to stop and celebrate with you. We'll we'll just thank God for the healing virtue of the Holy Ghost. And so uh, uh, you just never know. You never know what's going to happen. And uh, happy to be here. Praise the Lord. Turn with me, if you would, to Psalm 1. 49, Psalm 149, hallelujah, praise the name of the Lord Jesus, oh, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, what a privilege to be in the house of the Lord, amen, I said it's a privilege to be in the house of the Lord, praise God, now, y'all, most of you never heard me preach, and um, how many of y'all like to be happy, anybody like to be happy, praise the Lord, uh, you've got four services with me, so if you're not happy right now, I'll make many of you happy when I start. Uh, the rest of you will be happy when I end. And so everybody in this revival is going to be happy. So just just hang out a while, and, and your happiness will come. Uh, amen. Psalm 149. Hey, uh, my friend back there, praise the Lord, Brother Sal. Love you, man. Good to see you. Amen. Praise God. Psalm 149. Uh, and verse number one, praise ye the Lord, sing unto the Lord a new song, and his praise in the congregation of saints. Let Israel rejoice in him that made him. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Let them praise his name in the dance. Let them sing praises unto him with the timbrel and the harp. And if I was a really good evangelist and a young evangelist, I would stop right there and just shout everybody. But we're not going to do that. Um, <clears throat> and so... 
verse number four. For the Lord taketh pleasure in his people. Well, I'll tell you what, that right there is a hard statement to really get folks to believe. That for the Lord taketh pleasure in his people. He will beautify the meek with salvation. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. You don't hear that one preached very often. Uh, most folks, you start singing at bedtime, they'll kick you out of the bed or do something. Amen. I said that at one church. I said, you know, I said, somebody needs to put this in practice. And a pastor's son started doing that. And the pastor texted me. I don't know. It must have been 1 o'clock in the morning. said, thanks, Savala. I really appreciate that. said, my boy's over here singing. He said, Brother Savala said the Bible tells us to. So, uh, amen. But try it sometime. You might like it. You might wake up happy. Amen. Praise God. Or grumpy. Uh, one of them. Amen. Well, I feel good this morning. And uh, I'm just me. This is it. This is all you get. So uh, no, nothing, not trying to impress anybody. Just going to be here trying to minister to somebody. And uh, I know there's folks listening online. And so uh, may the Lord bless you as well. Jesus, we ask you to help us over the next little while. Oh, God, I thank you, Lord, for your mercy, for your power, for your word, Jesus. And let your spirit. God, make entrance in a very mighty way, Lord, here among us and upon us. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody said amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Look again there at your Bible right before you're seated. Thank you for standing in honor of the word of the Lord. Verse number four. For the Lord taketh pleasure in his people. He will beautify the meek with salvation. He'll beautify the meek. With salvation. If you just look at a neighbor there, somebody you're standing by, and just look at him and say, If you're ugly, God bless you. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Some of you, that's the first time you've laughed all morning. Amen. Hallelujah. It's a joy serving the Lord. Amen. I'm telling you, it's a joy serving the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. The, the worst day I've had living for God's better than the best day I've ever had in the world. That ain't just a hyperbole. That's the truth. I've been on the backside out there. I know what it's like. Thank God for the church. Thank God for a refuge that I could come in out of the world into a safe place. Amen. Amen. Well, we could talk about all of that. And uh, I, it wouldn't take much to get everybody hyped up and going. And I've done this for a lot of years now. So. I know all the little punchlines. Man, I know just mm, just get a, what they call candy sticks. You know, just mm, get everybody jumping and shouting and, and uh, running. And, and we'll probably do all of that. Amen. But uh, I want you to notice here this verse, verse number four. The Lord taketh pleasure in his people, in his people. Now, the world that we live in, uh, they uh, they want to claim a relationship with the Lord. I, I've, I've, I've. I, I get I get a kick out of a lot of things. Uh, I've always been amused here late last six seven years how much of an uproar there's been over taking out the the Ten Commandments out of courtrooms and all of that. And I've I've chuckled about how much folks have just got upset about that. Uh, and the reason why I chuckle is because folks are uh, they're they're you're yelling over taking something out that none of them are practicing anyways. I mean, they're walking in the courtroom and they're lying on the stand, uh, folks. I mean, but but we, why? Because we're infatuated with the symbol 
rather than a substance. Amen. And so, and so it's interesting to me that the world, uh, they'll quote Bible verses. They, they know God is love. And that's about the only one that they want to know. Uh, because love uh, becomes this, this all-encompassing idea. Well, if I love something, then it must be okay. Well, if a bird loves a fish, where are they going to put their home together? I mean, love, love without boundaries is lust. Amen. If I just, if I just love something I have no boundaries on, I'm going to do whatever I want to do. And so that's the world that we live in. They have, they have quite a few ideas, and they'll even misrepresent verses. In this verse here, the Bible says that the Lord taketh pleasure in his people. He don't take pleasure in just everybody. He don't take pleasure in just everybody. He takes pleasure in his people. Those that have said, I am going to leave the world. Those that have said, I, I'm going to come out from the world. I'm not going to do the things of the world. I want to be different. I want to be a child of God. Those are the people God takes pleasure in. God died for the sinners because he don't want anybody to be lost. Oh, his mercy is everlasting, but it's only everlasting to those that will grab it for themselves and say, I'm going to take a hold of this. His mercy isn't going to last for folks that just want to continue in sin and just have a one-night stand with Jesus. Just hook up would be the phrase today. Just, just have a, give me a feel good, but I don't really want to be one of your people. Just alleviate the guilt for a minute. Just, just, just let me feel a little, just give me a little, little lift, but I don't really want to serve you with all of my heart and all of my soul and all of my mind. And so, and so the Bible says, not this preacher, the Bible says, that the Lord taketh pleasure in his people. That doesn't mean that the people are perfect. That doesn't mean people are perfect. But it does say that he taketh pleasure in those that are his people. Those that have identified with him. Not those that say I'm a Christian and they live like a devil. I've done quite a few funerals and been around quite a few of them. And I've always found it interesting that folks that, that all they did was live the party lifestyle and did all kinds of stuff and ungodly stuff. Some folks, they didn't even do all the, what we call worldly stuff. They just never went to church. They didn't want anything to do with church. But you put them in a box and they're going to heaven. I mean, people that all they did was cussed and did all kinds of ungodly things. And boy, they're, they're looking down on us right now. And my mind is, well, why? See, now in heaven, in heaven, there will be no lying There'll be no fornicating, adultery. There'll be no witchcraft. There'll be no sin in heaven. So why would you want to go live in eternity somewhere where you don't want to practice it down here? Why would I want to spend all eternity up somewhere when I don't want to live for him down here? And yet they put folks in heaven that are not his people. Amen. I thank God. That I'm not what I was. Oh, I'm not perfect. You ain't got time for a testimony here. I'll probably share some elements of it as we go. But, but I, I thank God I'm not what I used to be. If I was what I used to be, I certainly wouldn't be here. I'd be back in the clubs. I'd be back over doing all the stuff that I used to do. 
26, 27 years ago. But I was raised around church too. See, the Bible said that he taketh pleasure in his people. But then he says he will beautify the meek with salvation. He'll beautify the meek with salvation. Now, this is not the first time I preached this message. It's been a long time since I preached it. And I thank God for that because I got tired of preaching this message. <clears throat> That's just the truth. When you evangelize, there's some messages God gives you and you preach it everywhere. And I, I got to the place where I'd beg God, please don't let me preach that message again. I don't want to preach that message again. And so he did for a while. He let me. Now, I'm, just, I'm telling preacher secrets. I know you're not supposed to tell that, but, um, but it's just the truth. And, uh, and now there was other messages God gave me, and I've only preached them one time. I literally carried one around in my Bible for two years, praying God let me preach that one again. He never did. And he still hasn't. And so, so this message here, it's been a long time since I preached it. And so I, I know, I know on, on the way here, uh, I felt it this morning, I felt it. So I don't know everybody's situation. Your pastor and I, I mean, we're not... Hanging buddies, great degree of respect for one another. Uh, but we're not hanging as far as talking, and he certainly hasn't talked about the church or about any of the visitors, anybody that's here. So what's coming now uh, is just going to be the Lord directing some messages to y'all. Up to this point, it's just been general, just stuff that we can kind of all grab a hold of. Uh, but, but this idea, the Bible said, he will beautify the meek with salvation he will he will help those now another translation of that is he will crown the humble with victory he'll crown the humble with victory the humble are those though that they 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 understand and know that they have a need i i can't i can't do this on my own i can't do it by myself and so but I, I, as I thought about it again today, I'm, I'm, and this, this is the first time that I ever really have put it in these words, but it came to me this morning. There are degrees of humility. Degrees of humility. It doesn't all just happen at one time. How many of you have been raised in church? Oh, okay, vast majority here. Okay, so, so those of you that have been raised in church and hopefully you didn't backslide, do all that kind of stuff, there, there's... There's a it's a it's a different it's a different movement uh, in in this humility degree because there's a whole lot of things you're raised with you just get it because it's part of the church culture it's like I told my daughter uh, I was raised in and out of foster homes I was raised around Pentecost my mom was in my dad was out they bounced me back and forth starting at eight years old all kinds of stuff I was molested in the church and just all kinds of stuff that happens in life and then in foster homes and. And, and all that. So I came back to the Lord when I was about 21. So my life was messed up, convoluted. So man, how could God let you go through that? Well, God let me go through it, but he didn't make it happen. I had, I had ignorant parents. I had people that were in sin. Sin does that. Sin does that. that well, man, I, so... Ah, and so, so sin, it's not always God's fault. God allows because watch the parents. The closest that anybody, any human being will become like God is in parenting. It's the closest you become. You're raising up somebody. And how you raise them up will often dictate how they view God. 
And if, if all you do is bounce them from back and forth and, and, and all of the stuff that goes in with a convoluted relationship, it's no wonder children end up messed up. Now, so I had all of that going on. Now, those that are raised in church, though, it's like, and my wife, she came from a, she came from a, a holiness trinity type of deal. Uh, and so her life was much better, but she also came from a broken home. My daughter, 22 years old, she's raised with two parents that just love God. We come pretty much both of us out of worldly situations and into truth. Uh, and so we understand all of the stuff that's out there that comes with chains. So when we get cold and carnal, we're scared to death. Because it don't matter how much you live for God, you can get cold and carnal. There's a scripture there that says don't get weary and well-doing. He put it in there twice. Now, he didn't put it in there because he didn't have anything else to put in. He didn't say don't get weary in sinning. He said don't get weary in, in having carnal thoughts. He said don't get weary in well-doing. You can get burned out just doing what's right. And I told my daughter, I said, the thing that scares me about you being raised in church is that if you ever get cold and carnal, the world will always look good to you. It's always an option. Because you don't know yet the chains. You don't know the bondage. You don't know. So everything looks bright and shiny and good. To your mother and I, we came from a very bad place. And oh yeah, every once in a while there's some carnal thoughts and carnal reasoning and we might get offended and we might get hurt, but bless your heart, honey, there ain't nothing back over there that I want to get back on this body. There ain't nothing back over there that I want to put back in this mind. And that's a degree of humility. Degrees of humility. The Bible said he will, he will beautify the meek, the humble with salvation. With victory. With victory. So let me dig here just a little while. Several years ago, pastor church and uh, two, we started one from the ground up, restarted another one, and all that. I was probably preaching like this that the Lord said, okay, I don't want you pastor and go away. And so, so anyways, uh, here we is. And, and so this, the, the church that we, that we took first, it was, I didn't know how bad of a situation it was, but it wasn't very good. But one of the ladies there, Sister Barbara, who I've told her, I've asked her if I could use her testimony. Sister Barbara was, was almost 60, and, uh, and she looked about 80, and uh, it just bad. It was bad. And the pastor told me, he said, Brother Savala, said, um, um, that sister, she has the Holy Ghost. She's the only person that's got the Holy Ghost from this, from this city. Everybody else has move-ins. And, uh, and then she said, they're the only one. She said, but, but she, she, uh, she has a problem with drinking. And, uh, and, and when the storms come at night, um, when, this, when it's a bad storm, she's going to call you. You're going to have to go over and pray with her. Well, as a, as a young pastor and, and naive, and I just thought, you know, that can't be the will of God for God's people to do that. You're talking about somebody's got the Holy Ghost. They've been baptized in Jesus' name, and, and, and they struggle with these things. And I said, that's, that's not right. Um, but I didn't know what to do, and so, and so uh, we just prayed about it. And sure enough, storms come. I get a phone call. Now, to my knowledge, the whole time I was there, she never did take a nip. Or, that's old, archaic 
which she never did take a drink of any alcohol. Uh, nip is, goes way back. Uh, anyways, and so uh, some of you thought it was like cat food or something. But, uh, and, and so uh, she never did that that I know of. But the storms would come. And, and, and sister, sister Barbara was very, she had the Holy Ghost. She got baptized in Jesus' name. But it was a very hard personality that was still there. Very guarded. Very, very reserved. You're not going to get too far in. Now, that's what I mean by humility comes in degrees. Because, see, it's one thing. I mean, I get the Holy Ghost, and I, I repented at that moment. And God fills me with the Holy Ghost. And he really does. People really talk in tongues, and people really are sincere. But there's things that, that God wants to, there's layers that are there that God wants to pull away. He'll beautify the meek with victory, salvation. Not just, you just don't get it all at one time. That's the importance of folks going to church. We live in a world where I don't have to go to church. And, of course, now they all try to just do it online. And God bless all of you that are listening online, and we'll see you tomorrow night maybe. Uh, but, but anyways, uh, and, I mean, a lot of folks are they're all over the place. But, 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 folks, today I can just pick and choose. And that's the, the importance of having a pastor in a local assembly that I can go, if you would, let me use this in this way, that the church, this, the building, and what goes on in here is like God's beauty parlor. The world goes, they got to make up themselves. Guys now too. You know, you got to clarify that now, you know. Uh, guys and girls. And, so, uh, and, and they got to make up themselves. Why? Because the world tells you you're not good enough. When our girls and guys, whenever they leave and they go to the world, the first thing the world tries to do is remake them. And the whole time they're in church, they're going, man, we ain't never seen anybody so beautiful, and we like this, and we like that about you. But as soon as you go out in their environment, you ain't good enough. And so God, this, in the service, and as the preaching comes, and as a pastor is allowed to pastor, if we stay humble, layer. After layer comes off as the Lord begins to work on us. Sister Barbara was there for 10 years before I got there. No outreach, no, no nothing, just, just there. And uh, got talking one day. She wouldn't talk to me, so I talked. I said, Sister Barbara, so what's the, why are you so scared of the storms? She's got the Holy Ghost baptized in Jesus' name. Comes to church, she's got, she's got some of the, the outward stuff. You know, everybody, you know, that's, boy, they lined up. She got that. But really almost dead spiritually. And just surviving for 10 years. I'm going to tell you something. God doesn't want survivors. He said, he said, I'll clothe you or beautify the meek with salvation. The word there can also be, as I just said, translated victory. God don't have survivors. He has people that get victory. And so, and so here she is. And I said, this bar was problem. She said, well, she said, first of all, um, I, uh, I, I have a son. And when I was, when I was a 
long before this, she was about 15 years old. She had a kid. Now, this was long before it's popular now to have children just everywhere and all times and all ages and everybody just. So she was kicked out of school because it was a stigma. She had a child. Couldn't be with everybody else. So, so she was asked to leave the school. She never told who the father was. She tried and tried. And that's when she began to drink. And then, so this is all part of the story. She said, Brother Savali, she said, what, what would happen is at nighttime when the storms came, my dad would take me to the barn. And that son was fathered by her dad. See, you don't know. Well, I got the Holy Ghost. I'm talking in tongues. Man, I feel good. But there's things that are still layers there. I, I, it's a one-time trip. No, it's not. I, I look. I, I often liken uh, this church services and, and a Holy Ghost movement in a continu- This is why just one little trip to the altar doesn't cut it, or one every just at a revival time, or one once a year, or a little. Sur- you got it, it because of the remnants of sin, especially those that are coming out of sin. And let me just say that there are some folks that you never left the church, but there's things that's happened in the spirit and in your heart. And in your flesh. I'm not leaving God, but I don't understand how this stuff could happen. And so it has stopped you from being everything God had for you to be. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold on to this, Pastor. And I, I, I mean, I, I understand. Well, I love God. Look at how I look. Look at what I'm saying. Look at I understand all that. But the Holy Ghost takes pleasure in His people. Part of the pleasure in His people is removing some of the layers so he can make you to be all he wants you to be. Not where I want to stop and be, but where he wants to take me to be. And so Sister Barbara tells me the story. She said, and I have hatred, and I have, I have, see, hatred will lock you up. Hatred stops layers from being pulled away. Hatred will stop you from being able to be the soul winner God wants you to be and that you desire to be. Hatred will stop a whole lot of stuff. Matter of fact, it's interesting that the only, the only part of the prayer of what we call the Lord's Prayer, which isn't the Lord's Prayer, it's the Lord's Prayer class, that he tells people how to pray, but that's not his prayer. And, but he, he says, he comes back, so the only part of the prayer he offers secondary commentary. He says, by the way, if you don't forgive... You're not going to be forgiven. It's the only prayer. A whole lot of other stuff he could. We'd like more commentary, but that's the only part of it. He comes back and says, "If you don't forgive, well, you don't know what they did to me. You don't know how they, what they said. You don't know the the words. All of the stuff that comes, and it's all valid. It's all right. It happens. It does happen. I can't go back over the, the memories and the abuse and all of the stuff. There's, there's." There's a one when I was a kid. There's a lady. There's a church I go to every once in a while, in Southern California. I'll probably see her when I go out there here in a couple months. She was one of the ladies that that molested me when I was 13 years old. She's in church today. I'm thankful, brother. I don't want to see anybody in hell. There isn't anybody I would hate enough to see him in hell. But you got to be healed here. 
to be able to look at them and say, man, I'm glad they're living for God because the other one that did it to me, they died lost. They're without God. They ain't never got another opportunity. God, how much mercy have you had in my life? So, so Sister Barbara tells me this, and, and nothing changed for a while. It was just a regular old church service. I mean, it was just a Tuesday night church service. Nothing, I wasn't, we weren't doing backflips. Nothing was happening other than we just singing worshiping God. And I watched, I watched the Holy Ghost hit Sister Barbara. And I'd seen her talk in tongues before, but this time it was different. There was, there was, there was, there was just, she got into a place with the Lord. And, and next thing I know, she sat down. And then she fell over on the side. And then she rolled over on the floor. And then she just laid there. And she's talking in tongues. Holy Ghost moving on. She gets up from that, and uh, maybe a day or two later, Pastor, do you think I could get my GED? Now, this was a lady that said, man, I can't do anything. I'm just going to be a nothing. I'm just going to muddle through life. I said, man, sister, I said, I'm behind you. Go do it. It was just a little while later, again, a lady that had been so grumpy got the Holy Ghost baptized in Jesus' name. But her demeanor was so hard. But as God began to peel back the layers, she lived in a, not an assisted living. What's that like a, a, a for the elderly? It, but it's not assisted. I mean, she, anyways, and they got like this little communal area. And people started realizing there's something different about Barbara. And I get another phone call, Pastor. So-and-so at, my, at the place where I live, they asked me if I could teach them a Bible study. They said I'm different. And, and do, do, can, do I know enough to be able to teach a Bible study? See, he'll beautify the meek, not just a one-time meek person, but somebody that keeps coming long enough that the cancer of sin... Oh, it's dealt with one time, but it can still come back. Uh, that, that's what a church service is. That's what praying in the Spirit is. Uh, when I begin to do it, it's like chemotherapy from the Holy Ghost uh, coming down uh, on that sin. Uh, it's coming down on the ugly things. Oh, it wasn't long. Sister Barbara didn't like kids. Her son was estranged from her, all that. And, and so consequently, because of all of that, see, all this stuff's connected. Got the Holy Ghost baptized in Jesus' name. Well, I've never won anybody to God. And I don't have this over here. And I'm, and I'm sorrowful and I got all this. But now all of a sudden God starts to break it open. And before we leave, Sister Barbara, who did not like kids, is at the local public schools reading to the kids. Grandma Barbara. They start coming to the church. Because of grandma, not Joe Savala, not to hear how great a preacher, but because of a lady that's almost 60 years old uh, that stayed long enough in God's beauty parlor that God could begin to peel back some layers. Uh, he said, I love you, uh, but I can't leave you like that. Uh, I love you, uh, but I'm a, you can't stay humble. Uh, stay humble and I'll peel it back. Uh, and there's no telling what you'll do and what you'll be before it's all done. But you got to have people that are humble. See, that's not something that a preacher can't make. Oh, Lord, if we could do it, then we'd be God, and God don't even make people do things. That's sobering. Because as pastors and preachers, boy, the authority of the Holy Ghost, mm, and all that. But God won't even make you do what, what we want you to do sometimes. 
And if God won't do it, who's the preacher? All we can be is the voice. To try and stir somehow some, something would hook in your heart and your soul. The Bible says a proud and a haughty spirit goeth before a fall. But I'll beautify the meek with salvation. I'll beautify those places, those hurtful and hateful places. Allow me, if you would, to use a quick personal story. 17, 18 years old and told by a preacher I respected very much. Get out of my office. I never want to see you again. Because I had messed up. I struggled, pastor, with a lot of ugly stuff. I mean, how do you tell a pastor? I was raised in a Pentecostal church, but I told you my family was messed up. And, and, and from six years old, I was being messed with by adults and others. And my dad leave his porn and all that stuff back in the day, long before internet, he, that little magazine stuff. Six years old, messed up in the mind. Those of you who think it's okay just to mess with that stuff. And, well, uh, nobody will know. I'm going to tell you, it gets down in the mind and then it gets in the spirit. And little chains start coming at six and seven-year-old. Man, Pastor Riggin, how does a six, seven, eight-year-old boy go to a pastor? And this is back in the late 70s, early 80s. Say, Pastor, I got a problem. What's your problem, son? I'm hooked on pornography. And then at eight, mama comes in and says, I don't want you anymore. Go to your dad's. And it's only about the two there. I don't want the boy no more. Go back to your mother's. And that's how, that's was my, and even in church. And man, bitterness and hatred and anger and all the stuff that comes. And God didn't do it to me. People did. But if God's so good, how can he let it happen? Because sin happens. It doesn't change God from being good and God from being loving. I'm not even going to try and explain all of it. Just tell you what to live. So you go through it. And finally, man, in the, in the middle of that, I taught my first Bible study somewhere between 9 and 10 years old. Had a love for, I, I, I never had a problem with the truth. I never had a problem. I'm talking, there's some, it may be even listening. There's backsliders. They don't have a problem with the doctrine. They don't have a problem with the truth. They understand the standards. They just either don't want to live it or two, they just don't, they think I'm beyond. I told, I, I got to a place where I was beyond salvation. I'll never get victory over this. And I ain't going to play games with God. I'll just leave. I'm ugly. Not just my natural disposition. Got all kinds of stuff inside. What I do with it? How, how do I talk to somebody? What, what do I tell them? What, what do I do? And everybody just, you're going to be a nothing. You'll be like your father. You'll be like this. I'm talking from the church. Not everybody. It was only after I got older and God delivered me could I look back and I could see there was a few men that tried to help me. But they didn't know how to help me either. But God did place a couple there. But I was so angry and bitter and mad that I didn't see anybody really trying to help me. And so, so I come back. 
Get out of my office. I never want to see you again. I leave. And in my mind, this isn't hyperbole. You all don't know, you don't know me well enough. And, and thank God nobody knows that side of me. It's been but very bad temper, anger. I told him in my mind, I said, if I ever see the man again, I'll kill him. And I stumble back to God at 22 years old. I walk into a church and I stumble back. It took me three months to pray through the Holy Ghost. I started lining up. I mean, I knew I, I wanted to show God here I'm serious, but I still got all this baggage. And I'd go stand in lines. I, I remember this one evangelist come, and everybody's standing in this line, Pastor, and he's laying hands. And I mean, I'm telling you, when he lays hands, it was the real deal. People falling out, talking. And talking. I thought, man, this is my time. And I stood there, he put his hand on my head, and I looked at him, and he looked at me, and he went to the next person. Nothing happened. You're just damaged goods, Savala. You might as well quit. I left there ready to quit, but there was something, something there, God, this is my last hope. I ain't got no more. It's so ugly, I'm getting ready to die in this. And so... But, Lord, let me come back. Refill me with the Holy Ghost. A year later, I get ready to walk into the church, sister. I'm there. Pre-service prayer. You know, ooh, I'm, glad. I'm excited. And out the door comes the man that I said I'd kill. And he looks at me. Same spirit. Well, Joey Savala, look where you ended up. But something had happened. See, there's some things you don't know has been peeled away until you're confronted again by it. I looked at him. I called his name. Tears began to come down my eyes because I realized I didn't hate him anymore. I don't know when or how God took that out. I, I, I really don't want to preach this this morning. I really, I, but I know, I just know. I don't know if it's for one person. I don't know if it's somebody listening. But if I'm just looking right now at responses, it's kind of like, okay, this is a good message. Now let's just move on. I'm going to tell you what, somebody, the Holy Ghost is really trying to help here. You, you ain't alone, but you better find yourself a place to say, God, I'm going to be humble. You've got to rip it away, God. I, I gotta, it's got to be better because I, I know I keep bumping the same wall. I keep hitting the same thing. And God, uh, something's got to change. And it was there. That I left that man. He probably thought I was crazy. I looked at him. I called his name. I said, I love you. And I ran to a prayer room sobbing. Because I realized God had healed the hate and the hurt. I don't remember asking God to do that. I just wanted to be so in love with God. God. I got to have victory. I could take you to the place, uh, that little apartment on Norcade Circle. It was two years that my wife and I had been married before all the pictures and all the stuff, everything that had contaminated my, contaminated my mind. Before, I was with my little wife, who's a godly little lady, and none of that stuff flashed through my mind. I remember being, I started weeping. She said, honey, what's wrong? I said, it's all gone. You don't know what it's like. 
to have 25 years or, or eight plus six plus whatever years it was. 19 years of images and, and thoughts and all this stuff. And all of a sudden, it's all gone. That's the God I serve. I was living for God three years before it got all completely gone. But oh, what a great feeling it was to know that God, you're beautifying this little bit of humility. I ain't perfect, but you're still working on me. You haven't cast me out. I can still do something for God. I never thought I'd be a preacher. You've heard me already one service and you understand why. I just wanted to be a soul winner. I just wanted to win people to God. That's one thing I miss most about evangelizing or in while I evangelize is not being able to really teach home Bible studies. Not invite, anybody can invite, but really be involved in people's homes and sitting in there and watching God work on their homes. Or there ain't a choir, there ain't singing, there ain't nobody. It's just you, the Word, and some hungry people. That, and you watch as God begins to tears. Uh, and they realize, man, I'm ugly, but God is here to help me. Uh, and hands begin to raise. Uh, and all of the stuff of this world begins to fall off. Uh, and you watch God uh, begin to intersect somebody's life uh, with His Word and His power. There's nothing like it. Brother Hilt. I often wonder why I'm going through all that stuff. Why me? And now my question is, why not me? Because, God, you've allowed me to go through so much stuff. Oh, I wouldn't want anybody else to go through it. But he allowed me to go through it to be able to minister to some people on levels and ways that nobody else can. There's things in your life God's allowed you to go through. Stop blaming Him. Drop the bitterness and the hatred. But you just don't make up your mind. I'm just going to drop it. Oh, no, no. you got to pray it out. And it's not just a one-time deal. I heard somebody say it takes time, and it does. It does. Well, God, let me come back. By this time, my dad, of course, he wouldn't hardly have anything. I, I, I hate telling this about myself. This isn't a Joe Savala message. And let me tell you something. I ain't trying to hook anybody emotionally. I'm telling you what God will do for you of what he's done for me. But you've got to be hungry enough. And you've got to go through some things to be able to say, God, whatever you want, that's what I want for me. I don't care the changes that has to come. God, I just want to be saved. I want you to beautify the meek, the humble, with salvation. God, let me come back. I called my dad. I wanted to try and make things right with my dad. I called him, got, got his number, and the next day he changed it. Didn't hear from him for three, three years. All of a sudden, God begins to repair those things. What'd you do to him? What'd you say to him? I didn't even say anything. I said, Dad, I'm just glad that you're here. But he hurt you. He did mean things. My mom that's staying with me right now. How's the kid? No, nobody wanted. Don't want you to house 17 years old. Came in one day, said, I don't want to live. She was in church. I don't want you and your sister no more. I'm going to go live with my other kids. I'll see you later. 
How could a loving apostolic lady do that? I can't explain it. I'm not making excuses. That's just what happened. But God allowed it. He said, you know what you're going to do, son? One day you're going to take care of her. I think that's neat. Rather than having hatred and bitterness and strife, God allowed for that family to be put back together. So what's your deal? What is it in your life that God's trying to work on? Oh, you could be here and you're not filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You haven't been baptized in Jesus' name. That's the beginning. That's just the beginning. A repenting. And repenting means to turn away from. We live in a world that they really don't want to repent. They just want to feel better. God, you got to take me as I am. Well, he does, but he loves you too much to leave you like you are. We all come the same way. We all come to the cross. We all come with repentance. We live in a world that everybody just wants, oh, we, we want you to meet the Savior. He loves you. He loves you. But, but there's, no, there's no idea of the judgment. There's judgment coming for those that will not repent. Those that refuse and push away. Those that just get caught up in their own ugliness of sin. And they won't let God deal with it. Those of you that are that have come in a little bit late, that if you'll put that verse back up there so so you know what we're talking about. We're not just using trying to use harsh words or just for the Lord taketh pleasure in his people, he will beautify. The meek with salvation. You don't know what relationships are. There's folks that they, they love God, but they're afraid to get into relationships of any kind. There's things that are staying. I heard of one one friend of mine told me he stopped by stopped by this lady. Actually, the the, the lady that it happened to, uh, she just got the Holy Ghost in the service I was in, but. But it began with this other preacher that walked up to her and she was there and she's crying. God's moved on her in services when I was there as well. But, but I've never really seen her break. But the breaking really began when he walked up to her and said, don't your arms get tired? And she said, huh? Your arms. She said, what do you mean? She said, from, from keeping everybody at arm's distance away from you. Something broke in her. Because God used a preacher to identify the ugliness. See, if you're going to have a real deep relationship with God, you're going to have to bring it time and time again. Even in this service, there's some, there's some good saints of God that the Lord's pinpointed some things in your spirit. Not everybody. There's young people that you're wrestling with some of the stuff I'm talking about right now. I could get real down on your level, but I'm, not, I'm, I'm almost done. Visitors that are here, the Holy Ghost, what you feel, the, the conviction of all that and, and, the, and the turmoil in the spirit. The Bible says God is not the author of confusion. He's the Prince of Peace. If you, if you have a life and a family that's in turmoil all the time, God's not at the center of it. 
He wants to be. But the only way that he will be is when you allow him to work out the ugliness. He'll beautify the meek with salvation. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Don't worry about any music right now. Holy Ghost is moving across us right now. Now, Jesus, God, I've done the best I could with this message. Lord, you know the hearts, the minds, and the spirits of every individual here. God, all things, your word says, all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. So, God, you, you know the thoughts of every individual here. Nothing's hidden. I'm asking you, God, that you would help us over the next few moments from the youngest to the oldest, that, Lord, we would be honest with you, very honest. And God, submit to you, humble ourselves to you in prayer. God, a seriousness, Lord, we're, we're here. Nobody here has been forced to come. And God, so we're here voluntarily. Pray, God, that your spirit would help us and encourage us to voluntarily submit to you in the next few moments. We love you. With every head bowed and every eye still closed. If you know the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of the Lord is moving on you in certain areas of your life. And you're saying, Preacher, I, I want this to be beautified. If you feel that way, would you just slip a hand up in the air where you are? Nobody looking around. Thank you for your honesty. Now, Jesus, you've seen every hand raised. God, I thank you, Lord, for honest young people as well as adults. God, over the next few moments, may the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost, repair hearts and minds and spirits as only you are able to do. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name. Would you stand with me? Again, don't worry yet about music or anything. Ma'am, sir, brother, sister, what you're feeling is the power and presence of the Lord. You have to do more with it than, than what I've done in just the last few minutes of just preaching has to be a heart it says God not my will but your will and it starts with prayer it starts with an honest coming to God it says God I, I will allow you to work on these issues in my life if you feel that way if you feel that way I'd like for you just to come and stand across this front here right now. It's not everybody just yet, especially those of you that just lifted your hand. Just come and stand across. Visitors, guests, everybody. There's no shame here this morning. Just people wanting to be saved. Just people that the Holy Ghost is moving on. little song says, if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. You can use me. Those of you that are coming.
Would you just lift your hands to the Lord? Come on, begin to talk to him here right now. Jesus, God, you see my heart. God, your word has made intersection. God, your word this morning, God, like a surgeon. God, the scalpel of the word, God, is cutting away and cutting into. Lord Jesus, we love you. We praise you. God, if there's anything in my heart, God, that's wrong, God, I want him to make it right, Jesus. Lord, I love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 Jesus. Do you have a sister that can help her? Do you have a sister? Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, I love you, Jesus. I worship you. Lord, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Oh, that's right. Come on, go ahead. Be sensitive to what's going on around you. The Lord might use you with somebody else. Come on, the Holy Ghost is helping us right now. Lord, I love you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness.
That's real stuff. you Jesus we love you Jesus Lord, I love you, Jesus. Where it's appropriate, just pray with somebody right now. Come on. The Holy Ghost is all. Unless somebody doesn't want to pray, don't pray with them. But the Holy Ghost is among us right now. In Jesus' name, God of honor. Thank you. 
Come on. Come on. The Holy Ghost is trying to help somebody walk away with some victory here today. He giveth us the victory. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, without you, oh God, we can do nothing. But with you, all things are possible. All things are possible, God, today. Oh, the healing virtue of the Holy Ghost. Lord, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus.